0: Take my lips and speak to them, take our minds and think for them, and take our hearts, and set them on fire with love for you. Amen. Over the summer, I read a book called "A Paragon" by Colum McCann. A paragon is a polygon or object with an infinite number of sides and I know that some of you here might know what I'm talking about perhaps particularly the wonderful singers of my shoulder here because you are gifted mathematicians I am NOT a gifted mathematician in geometry at school I could just about handle a three-sided polygon which is a fancy way of saying a triangle I could just about graduate to a square, maybe a pentagon. I had something of a soft spot for trapezoids, or as we like to say on the other side of the pond, trapeziums. Not to be confused with that high altitude swing performers use at the circus. I'm trying to imagine an paragon makes my head sore. How can something be infinitely sided? Colin McCann uses the idea of an paragon as a way into his beautiful portrait of loss and hope in Israel and Palestine where seemingly nothing is simple, nothing easy, all of it a constellation of humanity of never ending sides and perspectives, of hurts and longings and history. I read the book while we were in Israel this summer. It's a story based on lived events that sets in miniature the decades of struggle people have lived with in that part of the world, told through the eyes of two fathers, Bassam Aramin and Rami El Hanan, a Palestinian and an Israeli, who each suffer the heart wrenching loss of the death of their daughters, Abir and smother loss of all sorts on all sides in all circumstances is worthy of our deliberate slowness we need to slow down to take it in it takes time to listen to the nuances of sorrow it takes prayer and it takes the intention needed to see other human lives in their proper context As beings who are the beloved children of an infinitely loving God the paragon offers us a window into that kind of grief and it offers a window into the infinitely dimensioned nature of grace as it traces the lives of Rami and Basam as they vacillate from rage and despair and hollowness to the conviction that the greatest weapon that exists against the powers of destruction and death is not for the violence but peace. Following the death of their daughters Bassam and Rami co-founded an organization called the Parents Circle which now nearly 20 years later consists of hundreds of Palestinians and Israelis who have also lost close relatives to violence seeking to turn their pain into a grassroots movement for peace they listen to one another's stories and begin life by life to change the narrative about Israelis and Palestinians that each has carried with them conversation leads to understanding understanding leads to relationship and relationship is the foundation stone of peace To use the imagery of Matthew's gospel for Bassam and Rami and those who have joined them, the oil they have used to fill their lamps should the Lord of life come is the oil of deep listening and a lifelong commitment to reconciliation. As the children of our parish sang at communion at the nine o'clock service, they have filled their lamps to be the hands, be the song, be the heart of peace. They have chosen to be among those whose ongoing movement toward one another makes them ready such that when the God of peace comes, they might go with him. I have struggled these past few weeks with what has been happening in Israel. I've struggled with feelings of despair and anger. In a way, I've struggled to watch history repeat itself with such grim precision and cruelty. I've struggled to understand how people can do the things they do. Part of what has helped me through that struggle has not only been to remember the witness of Rami and Bassam, but also the privilege my own family had this summer of meeting other such people who persist in their work, behind the news stories we see every day. Like Violet Mubarak, who is the general director of the Princess Basma Center located on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. It is the only rehabilitation center and inclusive school for children with disabilities in the whole of East Jerusalem, the entire West Bank, and soon in Gaza. Mothers and their children, for it is mostly the women who bring them will travel sometimes for a day or more to get there and in the face of incredible challenges today the Princess Basma Center is still reaching families in need simply refusing to give up on extending healing in the midst of all of the heartbreak and loss when we met Violette, I was taken by how thoroughly she believes and the capacity of the women who endure so much hardship on behalf of their children. It was a kind of stubbornness, a refusal to give in to the narrative that there can be no hope for such children or their families or their communities who live with their own, a paragon of strife and hardship. Instead, Violette had chosen to hold on to hope, and seemingly nothing was going to loosen that grip. We also met Daniela Seltzer who a few years ago formed the Jerusalem Food Rescuers seeking not only to address food scarcity and insecurity in Jerusalem no matter the religious or ethnic background of the person hungry but also to build bridges between Palestinians and Israelis in coming around the table to prepare food package it and eat together we joined them around that table as we heard the story of the slow recognition that it could be possible to forge life giving practices and relationships underneath the headlines of a land riven by conflict and division. This week I offered a donation on your behalf to both of those organizations, and I have marveled to see. How they are continuing to persist in their pursuit of reconciliation and healing how even in the midst of such horror and death they are holding on to hope to hold on to hope is not to be Pollyanna about the world it is not to deny the depth of loss and pain to the contrary To truly have hope requires us to admit the reality of pain and how it empties our lamps of oil each time we feel it. Yet in that recognition of how suffering truly depletes us, we also have to choose either to sit with all that wounds us all at once or to bind up our wounds one at a time with the balm that hope provides like the story of Rabbi Yoshua Ben Levi who comes upon Elijah the Prophet and asks him when will the Messiah come Elijah replies go and ask him yourself where is he the rabbi asks sitting at the gates of the city the Prophet replies but how shall I know him and then Elijah explains how the rabbi or any of us might come to recognize the presence Of the Holy One in our midst he is sitting among the poor covered with wounds the others unbind all their wounds at the same time and then bind them up again but he unbinds only one at a time and then binds it up again saying to himself perhaps I shall be needed to help someone else bind up their wounds and if so I must always be ready so as not to delay for a moment. He is the Messiah, the wounded healer. In their own ways, Rami El Hanan and Bassam Arrimin, Violet Mubarak and Daniela Seltzer are all wounded healers, tending to their own wounds and the wounds of others. We also share. That calling. Suffering is an infinitely complex and sided thing, yet so is hope, because true hope comes from the heart of the mystery we call God, a love that will never let us go or forsake us, even as we too face the reality of death. Such a hope cannot be compromised by circumstances, nor defeated by the seeming inevitability. Of the worst we can do to one another you and I must make our own response to what we see in the world around us as we do let us be people who also hold on to hope trusting in the power that makes us all one in the words the children of this parish sang this morning in the question in the answer In the moment of acceptance, in the heart's cry, in the healing, in the circle of your people, come, O Prince of Peace, come.